You are listening to the Ghost Light Podcast, special interseason episode number one, Amy Bowen's Midsummer Night's Dream. On an episode of Slings and Arrows that exists only in one newbie viewer's dream, day-to-day life around the New Burbage Shakespeare Festival takes a turn for the paranormal, as more and more members of the theater company observe evidence of ghosts haunting the building. There was this king sitting in his garden all alone When his brother in his ear heard a wee bit of in vain He stole his brother's crown and his money and his widow But the dead king walked and got his son and said Hey listen kiddo, I've been killed and it's your duty then to take revenge on Claudius Welcome to the Ghost Light Podcast My name is Amy Bowen and I'm one of the regular newbie co-hosts But today, I'm going solo to present a special mini-episode during our break between seasons of the TV show. This mini-episode is an audio presentation of a dream I had on the night of July 30th, 2013. That night, my mind created an original episode of Slings and Arrows by extrapolating from episodes 1 through 4, which were all the episodes I had seen up to that point. Therefore, in terms of the TV series chronology, the episode you're about to hear belongs between episodes 4 and 5 of season 1. I thought the audience for this podcast, and my fellow hosts, might want to hear about this made-up episode. Think of it as something similar to a work of fan fiction. For the rest of this podcast episode, my narration of the events of the dream will have bed music under it. My commentary on the dream, which I wrote the day after I had it, will have no bed music. And now, without further ado, The Dream. The episode title displayed on screen at the beginning of the episode is Dead and Nowhere to Go. The episode begins with the two actors who are playing Rosencrantz and Guildenstern in Jeffrey Tennant's production of Hamlet realizing that they are dead and are now ghosts, and that they were murdered. They are in different places when they come to these realizations. In my mind, I immediately nicknamed the episode Actor's Name and Other Actor's Name Are Dead. No, I don't remember what the actors' names were in the dream, but I do remember that they were younger actors, around the same age as Jack, Kate, and Claire. The next scene reveals that a third male actor from the company has also just recently been killed, and is now also a ghost. Again, I don't remember who it was, only that he was in the cast of Hamlet, but it definitely wasn't Jack, or Geoffrey. The next scene takes place within one of the hallways of the New Burbage Shakespeare Festival's office building, at a place where the hallway widens into a square, open area where there are bulletin boards on the walls. The area is crowded with people. The three actors who are dead see each other and approach each other through the crowd. The three of them are able to see and interact with each other, but not with any of the living people to whom they are completely invisible and inaudible. Apparently, Jeffrey either isn't in the crowd or doesn't notice them because he isn't in this scene. 
This is the first time these three actors have seen each other since they died, and they all talk to each other and get on the same page about what's happened to them. They're all like, So we're all dead. Now what? Sad music plays in the background. The scene almost makes me want to cry. As I'm watching, I think, Wow, this is a great scene. The emotions and atmosphere are really well done, and it's genuinely sweet and touching. I'm giving this episode 9 out of 10 dead Rosencrantzes. Yes, that's right. In the dream, I was mentally preparing to discuss the episode I was watching the next time we recorded an episode of this podcast. I guess that goes to show how much podcasting is on my mind right now. In the next scene, the three new ghosts have gone outdoors and walked part of the way down some concrete steps that lead downward and around the corner from the office hallway where they were in the previous scene. The steps are surrounded by lots of trees and green plants, and it's nighttime. One of the three ghosts says something like, You know, I wonder how everybody's going to react when they find us dead. A moment later, a ton of dramatic shouting, yelling, and general hullabaloo comes from the office above them. This is the rest of the theater company reacting to the discovery of these three actors' bodies somewhere within the building. Of course. One of the ghosts comments. They're actors. Of course they're going to turn it into this big dramatic thing. At the bottom of these stairs, there is a stone courtyard, also surrounded on all sides by jungle-like greenery. It must be a little later. Some of the living actors are using the space to test some pyrotechnic effects they plan to use in one of their productions. There are three briefcase-like devices that shoot jets of orange flame. One of the three ghosts interacts with the pyrotechnics in such a way as to cause the flames to flare up much higher than they were supposed to. An unnaturally bright orange glow appears around the flames when he does this. His reasons for doing this are to communicate to the living that he is still around and that he was murdered. As a viewer, I have two reactions to this revelation. They are... Ooh, more parallels between the show and Hamlet. And, so this is why our podcast is called the Ghost Light Podcast. One of the living actors calls some authority figure over and he helps him put out the fires. The next scene is back in the office area with the bulletin boards, which is now empty except for the unidentified main ghost, the one who wasn't cast as Rosencrantz or Guildenstern. He discovers that, although he cannot be seen or heard by any of the living, he is able to manipulate the items on the bulletin board. He uses this ability to communicate with the living, specifically with Claire. He attaches a sign to each board right in the middle of the top edge. One of the signs is shaped like a tombstone. He writes his own messages on these signs, which are slightly cryptic, but they do get the point across that he and the others are still around as ghosts, and that they were murdered. Claire comes along and finds the signs on the boards, and reads them, with a look of growing wonder and fear on her face. When she finishes reading, she picks up a pen and writes, underneath the last message, Who are you? 
The main ghost replies by writing his name on the background paper of the bulletin board with a blue ballpoint pen and underlines it. It starts with an R. No, it's not Richard. I don't remember what his last name was, but it definitely wasn't hyphenated. So now that these three guys are dead and don't have anything better to do, they spend their time hanging out in some room where they can see into the area with the bulletin boards through a hole in the wall. They wait for Claire to walk by, and when she does, they throw something like dried beans or rice at her through the hole. Why? Because they all have crushes on her. Uh, yeah. This was one of those weird dream things that didn't make any sense to me either. Anyway. Gradually, other members of the theater company walk by the bulletin boards and read the messages. After reading the messages, and after Claire talks to them about it, they come to believe that there really are ghosts haunting the festival. Interestingly, in this dream episode, although it's clear that the three newly dead actors are now the same type of ghost as Oliver is, neither Oliver nor Jeffrey ever appears at all. This dream definitely shows a strong influence from the premise of the show Dead Like Me, which I believe one of my co-hosts has compared to Slings and Arrows before. Also, interestingly, it was never explained in this episode who murdered these actors or why. To conclude with a bit of amateur dream analysis, I've mentioned on pod that Jeffrey and Oliver's interactions are my favorite part of this show. So I'm not surprised that when my brain decided to dream up a new episode of the show, it introduced more characters who are ghosts. If you're still listening, thank you for indulging my strange ramblings. I know some of this was weird and nonsensical, so just remember that I have but slumbered here while these visions did appear. And this weak and idle theme is no more yielding than a dream. We will return to our discussion of actual episodes of Slings and Arrows in our next podcast episode. Until then, your feedback and comments on the TV show, our regular podcast episodes, and this special episode are all more than welcome. You can call our voicemail line at 206-309-9389 and leave your comments, or you can send us an email at theghostlightpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Sharpen sword polarities to make things double sure the old belt and braces lie. Thanks to Paul Mackey for providing the guest voiceover work for this episode. The theme music for the Ghostlight Podcast is Or Hamlet by the Brobdignagian Bards. The bed music for this episode was Water 4 by Push to Break and Deep in Thought by Satuni Man. All bed music and sound effects heard in this episode are available from the Freesound Project at freesound.org. Knee deep in veins of happily ever after. Hamlet, Hamlet, oh so gory. Hamlet, Hamlet, end of story. Hamlet, Hamlet, I'm away. If you think this is boring, you should read the bloody play. <laughs>